Hello and welcome to Surrendering Average. I'm your host, Joel Mahe. Today's episode is titled Implementation and Integration Beyond Information. And this is one that hits home for me because at the start of my journey, I believed that information was enough. Reading all the books, listening to the podcast, that was going to be enough to allow me to change and become the person that I wanted to become. But unfortunately, I realized the hard way that it was not enough and that there that we have to go through the process of actually going through the change and implementing and integrating that information. Otherwise, it's just not enough. So please focus in and be present as you begin to surrender your average life. Hello and welcome to the show. I hope everyone listening is having an awesome day today. Everyone's settling in and starting to enjoy fall, the change of seasons. And today I want to talk about implementation and integration beyond information. (laughs) A little alliteration for you. And this is because especially for myself. As I mentioned before, I love integrating and love going a little bit more introspective in the slower seasons. So for me, I myself am going to be working on more implementation and integrating all the teachings and all the information I've been consuming and absorbing over the last little while. And myself especially, I always feel like I need to be doing something or learning or pushing myself in some aspect, but I tend to get caught up in taking in so much information that it's difficult to implement it all because I'm not giving myself enough time. I'm onto the next book. I'm onto the next podcast. I just keep going and going and going and going. And all that information is amazing. And over time, yes, it compounds into more vast knowledge or information that I'm aware of, but I'm not necessarily implementing it in my life. Therefore, making it knowledge, therefore giving me the wisdom behind it. We can only acquire that from actually going through the process of implementing it, of doing it ourselves. So do you ever find yourself knowing a concept and maybe even catch yourself commentating on how everyone else is not implementing what you know, (laughs) in particular in the realm of self-improvement or personal development or improving yourself to show up better in your relationships. It's so easy to say we know something or we've heard it before. Yeah, I know that. Oh, I know that information. I don't need to listen to this book or I don't need to listen to this podcast. Or when we're listening, we say, oh yeah, 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 I know that. But are we actually practicing it? Are we actually integrating those teachings, that information into our life? And there's a good chance we're not. And there's a massive difference between knowing the information, having the fundamental understanding of what a concept is versus actually practicing it versus integrating it, implementing it. So in today's day and age, especially with YouTube, with social media, with podcasts, there's just so much information everywhere you turn there's more information and a lot of it is amazing and it truly has helped transform and change my life as well but I want to really solidify the point that information is not enough understanding conceptually is not enough 
we should be striving to actually implement and integrate to gain wisdom through our actions. And even Albert Einstein said, information is not knowledge. The only source of knowledge is experience. You need experience to gain wisdom. So today I want to break down four concepts that might be holding us back from gaining that wisdom and actually implementing and integrating new actions in our life. And these concepts are concepts that I've come up against that I continually come up against. As I say and articulate my messages all the time, I want you to know that I am not a perfect human being by any stretch at all. It's just I'm, tr I'm a person in the trenches trying every single day to, to be better, trying every day to accomplish our goals, to be a better husband, to be a better person, to be a better friend, whatever it might be. I'm just trying to be better because it makes life fulfilling. So I'm not coming at this from a perfect person standpoint. I'm just saying this is what I've noticed going through all this stuff when I come up against the the fact that I'm absorbing so much information and I'm not implementing. These are the things that I come up against. And these are the things I've, I've also learned and also implemented and therefore gained some wisdom through it. So I want to share what I've come up with to all of you today. So the first one, first concept is being aware of your behaviors, patterns and tendencies that are currently blocking you from implementing new actions. So these are the kind of subconscious reactional patterns, behavioral addictions that will most likely block us from doing something new. So I'll break that down a little bit. Then there's the, the second concept is fear around change. There tends to be fear around doing something new and that tends to be a major block to trying to implement new information. Then there's taking ownership is the third concept. And many times we just don't want something bad enough. And I'll cover that a little bit. And the fourth concept is we like to, or we want to skip, skip steps. We want results without the process. And I am guilty of this, especially at the beginning of my journey, if you like four or five years ago, I just wanted it now. I didn't want the process. I just wanted to take in the information. And I thought that was enough. Well, I'm reading these books. Why aren't I experiencing change? Like I know, I know how all this happens but I wasn't going through the process and there's just no way around going through the process. I want to share that a little bit as well. So the first one, being aware of our behaviors or patterns or tendencies that are currently blocking us from taking new actions. So these recurring, and usually I want to, I want to emphasize the point negative behaviors, not necessarily the good stuff we're doing, but the negative behaviors, those patterns and tendencies act as an addiction. So this addiction is usually woven into our emotions. So all this is happening behind the scenes. We're not really aware of this or usually even conscious of what this is, what's happening here. And these behaviors manifest because we find some sort of relief from them, which leads us to crave them in the short term, but suffers negative consequences in the long term. But despite these consequences, the cravings tend to override them. So for myself, just to share an example here, what I'm talking about was my emotional reactions. I'd show up grumpy, I'd show up angry, and I was trying to change this, but these it, it was in a sense an addiction. And I, it took me a while to discover what was going on in a psychological level, what was going on within me based on my past, 
of why I was showing up this way. But I didn't know it was actually an emotional addiction and that I was actually receiving some sort of short-term benefit from it. It was satisfying on a very short-term level to act this way. It was. It, it's very strange, but I'm sure you can resonate with that. If you if you tend to respond in an angry manner or or a reactional way, there's some little momentary satisfaction of unleashing that. But as we've seen, it has very detrimental long-term consequences. But even though it has consequences, that short-term benefit or that short-term release of whatever we're feeling is, is an addictive pattern. And usually when we think of addictions, we think of substances. But in reality, any behavior is an addiction. And unfortunately, it's common that the same addiction to those behaviors is the main reason for the lack of implementation of new information or learnings. Because it's hard to inject new ways of being, new ways of acting, because we have this addictional response pattern blocking us. We're trying to be a better person. We're trying to implement all this new information that we're reading in these books, how to be better. We're listening to the podcast. But why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to implement? And it's because we have this addiction to show up and respond the same way that we have over and over and over again because we've done it so many times and there's an emotional addiction. We crave that momentary satisfaction of being angry or outlashing or creating an argument. There's an addiction within that. And I actually did a whole podcast on that concept, on that topic called Emotional Addiction, How to Avoid Old Patterns. And that's episode 38. And I think it can be very beneficial to review that or listen to it if you haven't heard that one yet. So again, I'll, I'll, I dive into that a bit more and the how-to and everything, but I'll just cover quickly how to overcome behavioral addictions just as a general concept here. So I, that, that will allow you to dive deeper if it's something that you, you might be coming up against. And how do we override that? How do we overcome those addictions? And the truth is we, we need to do it by with authenticity, with finding our true authentic self again. And, you know, you hear this a lot in personal development. You hear this a lot in books. But what does that mean? What does being your true authentic self mean? But I want to describe it just a little bit. And that's thinking back um, to when you were very young, before we adapted and molded who we were to fit in or to be loved by friends and family. That was our authentic self as that little little person, that little guy or girl. And uh, I'll just give a quick example to, to explain this for myself. And I had a very difficult time being closed off, holding in all my emotions, and it manifested in ways of me being grumpy and angry and just it was not serving me in my life and I really had to uncover and unpack this but I remember one of the first few memories I have even in my awareness in my consciousness is back in the day it was the first day of kindergarten and we showed up to school and all the parents were bringing their kids and <laughs> and it was time for the parents to go and there was probably half the kids in my class were crying and very sad. They didn't want to leave their parents. And I remember sitting there and I'm somebody who can absorb energy really easily. And I even remember just being there, feeling very awkward and just being like, wow, this is kind of creating a scene. All these kids crying here. 
This is making me uncomfortable. This is weird. I don't like this. And I made a point. I remember that day. This is one of my very first memories. And I made a point that day to say, all right, Joel, you're never going to cry in school because it causes a scene. It creates this weird energy, which I didn't obviously know what energy was or any of that stuff back in the day. But I was just like, okay, there's a scene going on here. I don't like it. So Joel, never cry in school. Never let anyone see you cry because it causes a scene. And you know, that was the beginning or part of the beginning of my journey of holding in emotions. And obviously that compounded over years. I never did cry at school. Actually, I got teary eyed one time. I got suspended from the school bus um, for a couple of days but no one was around. I was just in the principal's office. That was the only time. And I came out of there. I was like, I better not look like I was crying or had tears in my eyes. Um, but yeah, uh, and then that obviously compounded over the time. You know, I had a father and have a father who is very emotionally closed off and that's not his fault. And he was never equipped with any ways to improve on that. And I'm sure his father was very emotionally closed off, you know, hardworking guy, had a farm, 13 kids, just always working, probably not a lot of time to show emotion. It was probably a lot of, we need to get things done. We need to go to church. We need to do chores. We need to do this. Like, you know, so he didn't adapt under that. And then I didn't see that as well in my, my male role model figure. And then as we grew up and got friends, guys don't tend to talk about emotions and closed in more and more and more. And it just kept compounding, therefore leading me to covering up any time I got emotional or wanted to express emotions. I would bury it and actually overcompensate with anger, frustration, with very manly characteristics to hide it. And that became an emotional addiction, which I would get some minor satisfaction from in the moment, but obviously had long-term consequences. So getting back to that authenticity of when we were a young kid, I was naturally that sensitive, loving, caring young boy. So to overcome the addictions, I need to get back in touch with that. And this isn't to say I need to act according to that my whole life. I don't need to be that caring, sensitive person 24-7. I mean, there's times to be masculine and push. And whether you're at the gym, whether you're getting things done, like there's moments that I need to get out of that. But there needs to be some kind of integration of that authentic Joel to help me progress a in my relationship with my wife, be a better husband, be a better loving son, friend, whatever it may be. There's moments and times that I need to get in tune with that authentic Joel, but I had to uncover that. And I had to discover that by listening to my instincts, listening to my gut instincts, my intuition. And that, you know, we, we get lost from our intuition over the years as we build ourselves up to be this person that fits in, that is that role in our career. Now, all of a sudden, we're a CEO, we're in management, whatever, that's us now. But there's still that portion of our true authentic self. It's probably just buried beneath the layers that we, that we padded on to become the person who we are today. So sometimes we need to deconstruct that. We need to get back into those gut instincts, that intuition, and the intuition can get developed by those introspective daily practices that we always talk about, such as meditation, journaling, self-reflection, and all of those practices happen when our external environment is away from us because it's very difficult to do 
in the moment, when we're at work, when we're in fight or flight, when we're stressed out, when we're, when we're with kids, when we're with friends, it's very difficult to do. So we need that time alone to look within, get back in touch and tune with that authentic self, with who we used to be. We need to get that out, journaling, meditating, understanding on a deeper level of why we're showing up the way we are. Get back in touch with that authentic self. And I also believe it's very difficult to do these practices if we are not in a holistically healthy place. I will always, always, always say that we need to strive to be holistically healthy. Our mind, our body, our spirit. There's no way around that. There's no way of getting new results, of being better, of implementing change, doing new things, unless we're on a holistically healthy level. There's no way around it. It's the three pillars of health. We need to be eating properly. We need to be taking care of our body. We need to be sleeping. We need to be exercising. There's just no way around it to even be able to implement new things. So if, if you're not on that level, if you're feeling unhealthy, that's always going to be the first step. And then we could then we could build off that. So our traumas from the past and trauma, again, don't reference it as a big catastrophic event. Like what like I was saying, trauma could be what my, what my kindergarten story is. You know, it, it affected me on a psychological and emotional level. So our traumas from the past will likely be preventing us from being in tune with our authentic self, just like it happened with me. And many times that will impact our ability to implement new teachings and information. I couldn't implement ways of being better because I had this emotional trauma that was blocking me. I couldn't even try to be a different person because I would just respond because of this trauma that I had, this emotional intertangled stuff that I didn't need. I wasn't even aware of. I was just like, I can't act differently. This, this is just blocking me. And I didn't know what it was until I had to really uncover, unpack, you know, discover what happened here. And remember that traumas are not what happened to you, rather what happened inside of you emotionally and psychologically. This will be individually unique to each person. These traumas might be leading to a disconnect from your emotions, a disconnect from your body, difficulty being in the present moment or leading to a negative perspective view of ourselves or the world, which obviously is going to get in the way of implementing new information, implementing new actions. So behavioral addiction is not the primary problem. It's an attempt to solve that problem, just like me. The, the addiction wasn't the problem. It was the way I was reacting to it. It was those grumpy mannerisms, showing up angry and blocking me, holding in my emotions. It was the behavior that I was actually doing, acting on. It wasn't the fact that I had um, the behavioral addiction. It's what I was doing to overcompensate, which was the issue. And it's not enough to simply recognize why are, why are those addictions are there, but we have to learn how to recognize in the moment when it's happening to be able to shift our reactionary actions. And again, I cover this in that emotional addiction podcast. So if you want to go deeper on that, maybe check that episode out. So just the overlaying uh, message here is we need to essentially reconnect with ourselves, reconnect with our true nature, our body and our emotions. 
And this is the recovery process of finding ourselves again, finding that authenticity. So there's a very good chance that that can be getting in the way of implementation and integration of all this information because we have these emotional addictions, these behaviors that are just popping up that we feel like we don't have control. So that is a massive block, which is probably preventing that integration portion. It happened in me and it probably happens in many people. So I wanted to share that. And the second concept is fear around change. And again, we have that, we tend to have this fear of failure. We don't want to fail. It seems too big of a risk to go for it, to go for that leap because we might fail. We might not make it. And what are others going to think if we don't make it? And that's the biggest thing. It's crazy how our fears are almost delegated more to what others are going to think rather than what we're like what the what it could serve for us if we actually do it if we actually succeed we're not leaning on that we're more so leaning on the the idea of what might happen if i fail what are others going to think if i fail which is actually crazy that that's normally what happens it's happened to me too you know like I'm worried what others might think. But once I was able to start to shed that layer and just be like, you know what? I don't care what they think of me. Who gives a shit? Am I going to stay in my own circumstances in what I have for the rest of my life because I'm scared what somebody else might think? That's ridiculous. And I just started to change my mindset around that. And now I really don't care. I don't care what other people think if I fail or I stumble on something. Who gives a shit? I'm going for what's important to me. And I believe that's so powerful and something that's extremely beneficial to try to step into of eliminating what others think. Who cares if you fail? Go for it. Try it. Strike out and try something new. You're going to learn from it at the minimum. You'll take a lesson. You'll take a new teaching. And then you could implement that into your next process. And, and of course, we just have that natural fear of doing something new. Our, our bodies even want to stay the same. Homeostasis, they're always trying to, to get to that same, same level. They don't want change. They don't want anything new in your body. They want the same familiar settings day after day. And that's what we want too. Because every time there's change or even when we're growing, there's growing pains. There's discomfort involved in that it's new it's uncomfortable we don't know we're not sure we always seek to be familiar with what's going to happen we want to be able to predict our day we want to be able to predict we don't want any curveballs because that's new and we fear that so this is why i believe and so many people preach to do things that are hard on a regular basis do difficult things pushing yourself in the gym going outside in the cold doing a cold shower you know pushing yourself regularly to do hard things and this becomes the new normal then you can experience change you can implement that new information because it's normal to do so it's normal to do hard things because implementing that new knowledge and information sorry information is going to probably be uncomfortable so let's train ourselves for that let's push ourselves on a regular basis to do hard things and it just makes it easier it makes it familiar to us and then there's always the fear of dismantling the person we built ourselves up to be you know we probably spent many years building us up to be this person but really remember that authentic self that authentic joel that authentic you 
that's behind all these layers we built up, but it's scary to tear that down. It's scary. It was terrifying to show my vulnerable side, even to let my message out and, and do what I'm doing now. I would have never imagined that I'd be sharing stuff like this to the open public. You know, I thought I was going to take that to the grave, that I'm going to be this non-sensitive manly man that that's the only way version and that's the only way i'm going to perceive myself as i'm going to be this extremely buff dude who's the man 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 of all man you know that's what i thought i was supposed to be but once i started dismantling that god that, that was relieving but that was extremely fearful so that is probably going to be in the way of your implementation and integration so yeah, that, that is the fear around change. And the third concept is taking full ownership. When we're not taking ownership, that's probably also going to get in the way of that integration. And you're probably not implementing the information you've learned because subconsciously you just don't want it enough. And again, I'm speaking from experience. I didn't want change enough. I didn't want to open myself up, be vulnerable. God, that felt like a that felt like a mountain that was I was not able to climb in that moment, those four five, that five years ago. I thought that was just too big of a task to do, and then I wouldn't be able to 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 succeed at it. And so deep down, I didn't change. I had some new information, but I wasn't implementing it because I just didn't want it bad enough to be honest i my my the way i thought it was going to happen was well i love jess you know but that's going to be enough but really i personally didn't want the change enough i didn't want it bad enough i wasn't taking ownership for that change i just said ah yeah you know it'd be really nice if i could change here but and i was just hoping it would happen but i really didn't want it enough and i didn't start to see results until I took 100% ownership and I truly, deeply wanted that change. You know, we need to take 100% responsibility for what we have right now, the good and the bad. We can't blame our results on external circumstances. We can because technically excuses are valid. All excuses are valid. But everyone has a choice to override that excuse. I had all the excuses in the world not to change. But until I wanted it deep enough, badly enough, that's when I started to see results. So, and sometimes it's difficult to take new action or on, on our own, really. And, you know, I had help along the way. And sometimes taking ownership is reaching out for help, whether that's a coach, whether that's a therapist, whatever it may be. But getting that help is taking ownership. And the last concept here is we want to skip steps. <laughs> we, we, we're wanting results without the process. And that's normal, especially, especially in today's day and age. There's so many gadgets and widgets and everything's created and techno technology is created to make our lives easier. What's the, what's the minimum amount of steps we can take to, to receive something? How can this make our life easier? That's what everything's freaking created around today. But the frustrating part is when it comes to personal inner change, there's no real gadget. I mean, there's a few things that can help you along the way, but you need to go through the process to actually experience change, new results. So starting small, one step at a time, we need to avoid complex processes and really break it down. We always want to go from here 
to to the end. But we 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 also hope that reading or acquiring new information will get us there in one step. And I, I thought this too. I thought, okay, I'm reading these books, whether it was investing, whether it was real estate, whether it was personal development, all these things I was interested in. I said, okay, I got all this information. Why isn't my life changing? You know, I know this. I know all these concepts. I know these topics. Like why, why aren't I seeing any results? And it was frustrating because I thought all you needed to do was just have that information. But I, I, and and I was just, (laughs) Honestly, I was just hoping that that would do it. If I read the books, if I listened to the podcast, I'm good, right? That's all you need to do. Ah, man, no. I was like, shit. You know, I did this for so long, for like a year straight, didn't see any results. And I was like, damn, there's, I was looking for the red staples button with the easy button on it to press. I was like, okay, I read the books. That's enough, right? And unfortunately, it's not. You have to go through the process. You have to implement it. You have to take baby steps one step at a time. There's just no way around it. Trust me, I have checked, I tried, I searched, and there's just no way around it. There's just no skipping steps. And I found that there are three foundational kind of first steps to implementing newly acquired information to begin that process. And those three steps are... Again, here's the theme, reconnecting with ourselves, becoming self-aware. And when we're more self-aware, we're aware of what's going on. We're aware of those emotional addictions. We're aware of why we're trying to do something. Self-awareness is frequently the first step. And we need to find that self-awareness through reconnecting with ourselves, with our intuition, with those gut feelings, that reflection, that deeper state, that solitude, introspective practice that we need to implement on a daily basis again there's no way around that there's no way around that for fulfillment for leading us to change that will actually be fulfilling to our lives not just change of what we think we're supposed to do again there's no way around that we need to begin to reconnect with ourselves on a deeper level and then the second step is we need a deep desire to actually want the results we are seeking It's not enough to pursue something because others are or because we feel obligated to do something. We'll always quit because it's not enough. It'll be way too easy to quit if we're doing something for others or to prove somebody or whatever it may be. It's not going to be lasting. It's not going to be true, authentic change. But we need that inner, personal, deep desire for that change. We We need to want it bad enough. Just like me, when I didn't want it bad enough, I wasn't seeing results. Because I didn't want it bad enough, truthfully. I thought it was too big of a mountain to climb. I thought it was going to be too much effort, too much energy. You know, I'd already come home from work and I was drained. How the heck am I going to how the heck am I going to change myself? I, I felt like it was too big of a too big of a task to accomplish. But that's why we need to break it down in baby steps. And my baby step, that first step, was beginning to meditate, beginning to get in touch and tune with myself. Oh, this is what's important. Oh, this is, you know, I do have these emotions. I just had to search for them. I had to discover them. I had to rediscover them again. And then the third baby step uh, in a sequential order is be specific. You know, once you have that connection with your deeper, authentic self, be, be specific and establish your goals and objectives. Specificity is crucial to ensure you stay on track and have some sort of direction to follow during the implementation process. Otherwise, it's just so easy to get lost. Having vast knowledge of a topic or subject is great, 
But if you're wanting to actually implement the information beyond just using the information in a debate or to prove a point with your friends or family or whatever on Facebook, you'll need to be clear on what your objectives are with this newfound information. So be specific. So that is pretty much the episode for today. I just wanted to share my insights on that and remember to please rate and review this podcast. If it's providing any sort of value or entertainment to you, just please give it a five-star rating, write a review if you can. That'll help me out a lot. If you are interested in checking me out, please go to joelmahe.ca. You'll find everything you need there. I'd love to connect. Um, Search me on Instagram just at joelmahe. And again, send me a message if any of these, if any of my messages are resonating with you. I love to hear it. It inspires me. It motivates me to keep going and to keep doing this. So I'm very thankful and grateful for all of you for listening and taking the time to hear this message. And hopefully you can work on implementing and integrating this information into your life. So again, I just wanted to share because it means so much to me, you know, what can happen, how somebody can change, how somebody can go from here to there. And coming from a person who wished and believed that information was enough, I'm here to tell you it is not. It's not enough. We need to go through the process to be able to implement and integrate that information in our life so we can become knowledgeable and have that wisdom to push us and evolve us in our life. And in doing this, you will surrender your average life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day.